Hello, Ian. Welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. And today I'm joined with Brian and Brian Chung, co-founders of Alabaster Co., a faith-based publishing brand that explores the intersection of creativity, beauty, and faith. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome back to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and thank you for tuning in today. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. It's great to have you. I hope this podcast is a refreshing taste of non-scripted sermon, of something new, a conversation talking about faith um, and the intersection of business and, and all that we, we explore in this podcast in this particular episode today, I speak with Brian and Brian Chung, Brian with an I and Brian with a Y. They are not brothers, but they did both go to school together and are also co-founders of Alabaster Co., a faith-based publishing brand that explores the intersection of creativity, beauty, and faith. I'm super excited for this podcast episode. I'm going to keep it brief just because we, we dig and dive a lot into uh, their backgrounds, uh, and also what they're doing with Alabaster Co. But as a sneak peek, um, Brian comes from a Buddhist background. So we talk about his uh, conversion and uh, just transformation, uh, becoming a Christian and and then taking on this, this leap of faith uh, into Alabaster. Um, he thinks about engaging with the modern world uh, and the role that Alabaster plays with culture, how he thinks about this uh, aligning with his mission and vision um, of their organization. One, one thing that Alabaster does is uh, they, they sell Bible books, so Psalms, Proverbs, uh, among several others, but they include pictures um, that are super cool. Uh, so definitely make sure to check out their website and, and look into all the, the really creative, beautiful work that they're doing. We talk about the inspiration that goes behind this, their vision into their into future products, and also just as as they look look on growing and developing as a team, um, and a whole lot more. So I'm going to leave it at that for now. Um, but let's turn on over to my conversation with Brian and Brian Shung. Guys, thanks so much for joining me in the Guys Like Us podcast. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're super excited to be here. Yes. Um, well, so, so first, I, I want to uh, chat a bit more about the backstory uh, of you two and kind of how you two came together and started getting the wheels turning on this idea of Alabaster and just realizing the need uh, for, for the organization that you've been working on for the past few years now. Yeah. So uh, Brian and I met in college. I was a student. Brian was a staff worker. Uh, we both went to the University of Southern California in Los Angeles. Uh, towards the end of my senior year, I was studying um, art and film in college, but also as part of a college ministry there. Um, and those parts of me just kind of always felt separate. Like I would leave Bible study um, and then would go to studio late at night. And, and uh, again, those kind of two parts of me just didn't feel very connected. And so wanted to think through ways of connecting them. Um, and uh, yeah, towards the end of my senior year was reading this book called Real Life by James Chong. And in the book, he talks about how each generation will 
ask a spiritual question that leads them to God. And so in the past, he discusses how those questions have been things like, what is real or what is true? Uh, he predicts that we're right now in a spiritual question of what is just or what is good uh, based on kind of just, you know, all the political things that are happening in our country today. Um, and then uh, James predicts that the next spiritual question that the next younger generations will be asking is, what is beautiful? And we just felt like that was so true. Um, if you uh, look at, you know, culture today, millennials and younger generations, we're just consumers of visual media. Everyone has a camera on a smartphone. Uh, we judge websites based on how well they're designed. And so we really thought like, oh, um, how could we bring that idea into a faith-based context? And so we had a bunch of ideas, and Brian, the other Brian was that one who actually came up with starting with the Bible, and so he can share a little bit more about that. Yeah, so a little bit about my background. I didn't grow up Christian. Um, my parents are Buddhist, um, so I grew up going to the temple um, and... I came into college as someone that was agnostic, and so believing in uh, a god but not really following anything. Um, and uh, I became a Christian after my freshman year in college, and uh, I remember receiving um, my uh, ESV Bible as a uh, new Christian, and um, it was just different than any book that I had gotten at the time. So. Um, it was, a, it, was a, it was a black, dark purple, leather-bound Bible. Um, the first couple pages were um, descriptors of the translation. Um, so it wasn't the story of, of Genesis that I was sort of hoping for. Um, and everything was really, really condensed. And the paper was really thin. And so um, I think for me, it was just a, it was just a different experience. And um, as someone that had a design background, was studying design, um, also studying business. Um, I just thought to myself, could this be done, done differently? I remember uh, receiving my first marketing textbook in college, and it was designed like a magazine. And uh, it, was, it was just, I was excited to read my marketing textbook more than the other textbooks. And so, um, like 10, 11 years down the line, um, uh, afterwards was when I started talking to Brian. So uh, I had, after graduating college, I came on staff with a campus ministry. And um, yeah, just really reaching out to students, uh, teaching them about scripture. And um, yeah, it was, it was during then that I met Brian and we started having these conversations about art and faith. I started doing ministry amongst artists. Um, there's an art campus in LA called the Pasadena uh, Art Center College of Design. And I just saw how design and beauty just became uh, really important in our culture today. And so um, that's sort of the birth of Alabaster. Um, I said, what if we did the Bible beautiful? Brian got really excited. We shared it with like sort of the people immediately around us. They got excited and um, we decided to launch a Kickstarter after that. So that's sort of the where it all got started. Well, guys, thanks for, for sharing kind of some background and to, um, just, uh, to get our listeners just up to speed with um, who you are uh, behind the website. Um, 
and you're just as beautiful behind the website as, as you are on the website. So, uh, I, I affirm, I affirm that. Um, yeah, no. Um, but, but uh, something that you had mentioned, um, Brian on your, your, your upbringings uh, as your parents being Buddhist and, uh, correct me if I'm, if I'm misspeaking on Buddhism, but there's this kind of this denial of self or like taking away um, and almost this kind of, in, I think in theological terms, called apophatic almost, and it's just apathetic theology, so like denying how, but then there's this acceptance, and when I'm looking at alabaster, it's like appreciating what is already good, um, and, and just can you talk about that concept of, of goodness and how that has kind of shaped the, the branding and, and what you're looking to really uh, magnify yeah, so I would say when I was young, like, uh, I think I had a very, like, s- 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 uh, small understanding of what Buddhism actually is. It was a lot of just following what uh, my mom was doing, and so going to the temple and doing, uh, like, praying to the gods, praying to ancestors. There uh, was a lot of, um, uh, like, feng, like, feng shui sort of thing, and so... If you do something good, something good will happen to you. If you do something bad, something bad will happen to you. Um, and I think that was primarily how I thought about the life and the world. Uh, I think when I became a Christian, that's when I think things started to radically like shift for me of understanding who God is, um, God's love for me, God's love for the world and humanity. Um, I think uh, I think for us as we as like like as someone that recently became a Christian in college, um, I just saw how beautiful Jesus' story was. Um, his, his love for people, his, his grace on people, um, his radical acceptance of people, even though they did bad things. And um, I think for us, we're, we're trying to communicate that, that goodness and beauty uh, of, of God in, in a beautiful reading experience. And so, um, yeah, I, there, Maybe Brian can speak a little bit about this, but there's a theologian that we like to talk about uh, that talks about uh, the intersection of truth, uh, goodness, and beauty. So, Brian? Yeah, there's a theologian that we kind of take inspiration from when we first started called, uh, his name is Hans Erf von Balthasar, and the book is called The Glory of the Lord, and it's like, it's basically a theology and aesthetics book. Uh, But at the beginning of the book, he talks about yeah, these kind of three main values of goodness, truth, and beauty, and how uh, Christians are really good at uh, talking about goodness and truth, but beauty is kind of like the elusive third value that we don't really know how to define or talk about, uh, but how it's really necessary to just getting a full picture of God. Mm -hmm. Um, And Basically, the argument is like without beauty, goodness kind of just loses its its um, meat. It's like gusto, or it's it's kind of um, vitalness, and then truth kind of loses its cogency, its reason. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we're just really interested in that. And and again, we just think it's really kind of relevant to um, people our age, uh, our generation. And so. Um, that's just something we're really passionate about exploring in alabaster. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I know personally when I went on, on my first like missions and service trip down in, in New Orleans, 
um, getting that getting that a leather bound uh, NLT Bible that was the first one I received and it, it's like there's something so special about that it it right, it, right. it feels so personal um, but again it captures it just captures this 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 feeling that I think just that stays with you for such a long time as is it such is a it's a personal document for you um, and so. I want to transition a bit into how you, we touched on a little bit, how you think about engaging with, with culture, or rather engaging with the modern world, and how you think about the role of shaping or transforming or working with culture. Yeah, I would say that, I mean, first and foremost, like, it's through the art that we create, and mm. so... Um, like we are trying to, we are trying to create a brand and a product that, you know, regardless of your spiritual background, you're going to look at it and say, Oh, this is like a beautiful piece of art. And, you know, some of our favorite stories from Alabaster are, you know, people that don't consider themselves Christian, maybe pick it up on someone's coffee table or are buying it um, simply because it's a beautiful piece of art. And so I think for us, that's really important. Um, and just a way that we're kind of engaging with larger culture. Uh, I think the beauty of art is that it is able to kind of open up your heart and your mind to ask questions that you wouldn't ask on your own. And I think mixed with faith and uh, spirituality, those two things together is just a really powerful thing. Yeah, I think historically we've seen um, a, a deeper intersection of art and the faith. So if you think about uh, Renaissance paintings, uh, cathedrals, uh, stained glass windows, uh, they were all excellent pieces of art that pointed people into a deeper experience of God. And um, uh, somewhere along the way, uh, I, we feel like um, that has gotten lost as artists and creatives ourselves. Um, sometimes we felt like uh, the only thing that we could do in the church was uh, make a fancy PowerPoint or a nice flyer. <laughs> and um, although those things are really important in getting people into the door or um, communicating like scripture also in a visual way up on screen in a PowerPoint, um, we feel like uh, the role of the creative um, could also be uh, deeper than what it mm -hmm. currently is. Um, and so, you know, if you think about uh, Genesis 1, uh, God the creator, uh, God the maker, uh, is sort of uh, making us in his image, and so as a result, we, we can create, we can make, and uh, um, yeah, I think that there's something really special about that, um, and that we as creatives can have a, a greater role in the church of pointing and showing who God is to people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one particular thing, thing especially in your in your bible books but then also in your um your, your portraits paintings um is the use of uh just your your selected uh photography um as you page through you can see these different images can you talk about the the choice of these you know how you think about one particular image and just that a bit more into the inspiration in that in that particular creative process yeah, so um, t 
totally forgot to mention this. For folks who are just listening in, they probably don't have like an image of what alabaster is. Yeah. Um, but we weave uh, beautiful imagery and thoughtful design into the text of the scripture. Um, we take the full text of the scripture and we think through um, what are some images that we could use that can help uh, deepen people's experience with God. We're thoughtful about negative space. We're thoughtful about typography. We're um, thoughtful about the, the design and the layout. Um, um, so for example, um, uh, there are certain um, things in the original language that might get lost in the modern English today. Some things like grammatical structure or the use of repetition to highlight a visual point. And so, for example, in the story of Mark, there is the woman with the alabaster flask that, that breaks the jar and pours um, the oil on Jesus. So there's this, and then immediately afterwards, there is the story of um, Jesus breaking the bread and pouring the wine. And so there's this repetition of breaking and pouring, breaking and pouring um, that we want to highlight through our imagery. Um, for example, in John, there's seven miracles of Jesus. And so we, were, we want to highlight those seven miracles. Um, um, and so, yeah, we just think about that as we make it. I think Brian can share a little bit about like the process of creating the photos and what goes into that. Yeah, so, I mean, like Brian said, it, it, one of the focuses is highlighting, like, a grammatical structure, things like that. Uh, images also just kind of, like, just comes from the deep study, and, and really, again, it's about can we create a piece of art that allows people to ask deeper questions. And so um, an example is uh, the... Uh, the crucifixion in Mark, and so for the book of Mark, right, it's a very short gospel, but just a very passionate gospel, and so we thought, okay, how could we depict Jesus in this book, and so we chose an image of a rose um, to depict Jesus, and um, we liked that because, like, it's it, there's a duality to it, so one, it's about love, uh, but it's also just like a very um, modern symbol in today's today's world, right? It's, it's like a symbol of love, it's a symbol of passion. It's a how could we kind of weave kind of like a modern symbol, modern imagery, but also bring it into um, an ancient text like the Bible. And what does that do to the reader as they are kind of seeing this juxtaposition of text and imagery? And so that's just an example of just kind of the, the thoughts that we have as we create the different images and um, what we're looking to do is make it. Right, right. It's it's really impressive how you're kind of reading into the text, reading behind the text, and are able to see uh, the intricacies uh, that kind of yeah. weave through the different uh, the, the synoptic gospels and the letters and, and just yeah. the Old Testament, and how you're you're cognizant of the the change of themes and and genres and how that plays out into your messaging. And it, it's, I think when we when we look at the Bible, some some of us or most of us at first glance are or know it's super complex, but don't know kind of how it's complex. Um, so being able to kind of rework um, while keeping its, I think it's, uh, it's allure, but also it's truthfulness, uh, I think is really cool. And what, what I've seen through, through Alabaster and I uh, hope others will have the opportunity to as well. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so I know um, kind of thinking about the, the different, uh, books you have now, just the different everything that you have available on the website. Why did you decide to start with 
the Gospels and, and Romans and Psalms and Proverbs uh, kind of t- talk about that trajectory? Yeah. Uh, we started with the Gospels because, you know, it's just so central to the Christian faith. And so the moment that Brian came up with the idea to, to do the Bible, we thought, okay, let's start with the Gospels. And so, um, yeah, we started with the Gospels. That was in 2016 uh, with the Kickstarter, with our first Kickstarter. Um, from there, I think, as you're, if you're asking about the other books, um, I think one thing that was interesting to us, like, can we let's switch between, let's do like a Old Testament book after. So that's why we did Psalms. Um, For Psalms, I think it's just, there's just already such rich imagery and it just felt really um, relevant to culture, right? It's a book about humanity. It's a book about, you know, this kind of like duality of lament and joy. And so I think that's just really true. for culture today, and so we were really interested in doing um, Psalms for that reason. Uh, Romans was interesting for us because uh, it's a book about kind of like a divided church, and I think for us, we're seeing that today, right? In a lot of ways, the church is divided, and so um, we thought, okay, let's do Romans, and like, can we create art that is commentating on that and and you know, find it? Unifying, yeah, advocating for a unified church through our art. Mm-hmm. And um, for Proverbs, it's it's just a book on wisdom. And again, we just think that's um, really true that, uh, you know, as we can get information faster than ever with smartphones and technology, um, wisdom is still really important as we get that information. And so one to two Proverbs for those reasons. Yeah. Brian, anything you want to add? Yeah. yeah well that's that's well said I, and I think it's it's cool seeing proverbs uh, and, and psalms because these are these relate very well to people who aren't who aren't Christian and, and yeah. who have taken uh, maybe a proverb or maybe a psalm and, and it's kind of unfortunately has kind of become uh, just kind of put into whatever situation without kind of keeping that same understanding of where it's coming from um, right. so it's kind of bringing people back and seeing kind of giving them a new way to look into it uh, and look at the meaning behind it. So it's, it's really cool to have why you guys chose those books. Where kind of as you're thinking about growing as a team and as an organization, where are you looking or how are you looking to, to keep your mission um, and, and, but also contribute to human flourishing? Yes. Um, yeah, so our, we obviously we started with the Bibles, but really Alabaster as a whole is we're just looking for ways to explore creativity, art, beauty, and faith. And so we know that it goes beyond just um, the Bible, but really happens through the stories of people living today. And so um, there's other things that we're working on. Um, we launched a notebook um, uh, uh, last year uh, really to just kind of be another place for people to reflect and create. We also have readings online that are um, exploring art and faith. And then we also actually have a book that's coming out um, within the next week or two that called All That Is Made, which will also kind of um, explore this concept of creativity and faith for creatives in culture today. And so, yeah, we're always open and we're always exploring new ways to kind of um, further our explorations in this realm. 
I, I, I love how you are allowing this room for lived experience through journaling or kind of giving people this, this, this opportunity to reflect, to ponder, to kind of explore their faith uh, and start to kind of write their own, whether it's an autobiography or just journal or, you know, prayer, however that looks. Um, Can you talk about this, your decision? I know this uh, kind of bringing in people outside of bringing in the community and bringing in just this, bringing people together um, through, even through Kickstarter as your platform. I think you're, you modeled this. Can you talk about just this kind of this, almost this, I see this kind of communication that you're, that you hope to have with your audience. That is it, that kind of creates this flow or this like relationship almost. Can you talk about your kind of that process, but kind of really kickstarter and the transparency in that as well? Yeah. So I think there's an, article that I was reading about what are some of the things that help um, each generation with their faith and um, they compared Xers to Millennials and uh, they said community was one of the big uh, motivators of faith for people at um, Millennials and I guess that makes sense um, as we're becoming more uh, digitally connected uh, we sometimes lose the, the relationship with community that we're, we're still longing for and so um, I think when we launched the Kickstarter um, well, to give you some context, we probably did everything wrong, like how to launch Kickstarter. We didn't tell people about it. We just sort of put it up there and see what happens. Um, but it was really our community that like advocated for us, that shared about it for us. Um, I don't think we would have been able to do it with our community. Um, and then as we've just sort of progressed moving forward, our, our customers, our Alabasta community has been really, really important. Um, that our brand has a direct connection to them. And so if you think about other um, companies or book publishing companies, sometimes there's this wall of like the, the publishing company to distributor uh, to the retail store to the customer. Um, and we felt like it was really, really important to go directly to the consumer. Um, one of our, you know, we're, we're motivated by the scripture of love God, um, love others as we love ourselves or love your neighbor as yourself. And, uh, we create these products of our love for God, um, but in terms of the, the scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, we're really trying to have every one of our customers, people who are part of this community, feel deeply loved by Alabaster. And we feel like we can't do that unless we have a direct interaction with them. And so, um, yeah, the, I mean, so with that, like the first two years, first three years, was, were mostly Kickstarters to sort of help with that. Um, more recently, we switched over to our website, uh, but we have had really good conversations with people on our Instagram, on people who direct us to sort of tell us stories a lot. Um, so that's been really, really crucial and vital for us as we continue to grow Alabaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, would you mind sharing maybe a story or a, kind of something that really stuck out to you of someone that messaged you or uh, maybe through one of your speak, speaking engagements or yeah like. uh, I mean uh, where to begin there's so many um, yeah. we, we have test we have a testimony mess uh, slack channel that's awesome that's really <laughs> yeah, cool yeah so we use slack as our company's sort of like message board and then we have like a testimonies place where, where people are sending emails or yeah. Instagram messages um, we have everything from you know, like similar to what Brian was saying, uh, I shared this book to my friend that, you know, fell away from God and how they're starting to read their Bible again. 
Um, we have stories of someone's like, oh, this, this, your Bible has helped save our marriage. Uh, we started reading it together. Um, to uh, people who are giving it as like uh, parents giving it gifts to their, their children and saying, this is the only Bible that they're bringing to college. Uh, um, and so uh, those help motivate us as people, you know, like especially me who didn't grow up in a Christian household um, and seeing people now engage with such like the beautiful story of Jesus um, has been really meaningful um, to me. Um, so yeah, there's so many, those are the some that sort of pop into my head right now. Yeah, I, I think it's beautiful how diverse they are and your ability to connect with such a wide range of people uh, and hear just the, the various degree or just the various ways that people are, how this is really enriching their their life or the life of those around them too, in particular. Yeah. If not, it's not just something that's only for them, but there's, you're seeing this, this outpouring into their marriage, into their, you know, into their children in college and it's, so it's really cool this kind of this ripple effect that you're seeing. Yeah, it's. I remember, you know, when I first got my Bible, like as as much as like, oh, the, the design was hard. It was also such a meaningful experience for me. You know, like as someone that came to faith, I always saw my friends with their own Bibles, and I'm like, I want my own. <laughs> There's a lot of nostalgia, like moments for it, and I, I think I feel really uh, honored that Alabaster can play a role in people's walk with God. That. Um, yeah, that's such a, it's a special route, you know. Um, I think also as someone that has done campus ministry, um, that that has been the places that have brought me most joy is that I get to play in people's transformation um, and, and experience uh, of God. And um, yeah, to hear these stories has been really, really awesome. Mm. Absolutely. Well, well, guys, thanks so much for, for joining me and the Guys Like Us podcast today. Just to conclude and wrap up, um, just wanted to, if there's anything else that we didn't cover you'd like to share um, and or where people can find you and, uh, and stay up to date with uh, all that you and Alabaster are doing. Thank you so much for having us. Um, they can find us online at alabasterco.com. We're also on Amazon. And uh, if you have Instagram, um, follow us. That's where we post uh, updates of what's been happening with us. So, yeah. Excellent. Awesome. Thank you.